Cozy Remote Podcast Show. Diary of an Adorable Fat Girl. I used to be elegant, you know, pretty nice, with cheekbones and ankles and things. I used to wear my hair up. That's a telltale sign of a woman with confidence, when she's happy to pull a fringe back into a clip or twist the back of her hair into a ching-ong. You know what these women are saying, that these women are crying. I could pull my hair back and let you know, see more of my face because I'm not deeply ashamed of what my face looks like. Me, I put it forwards over my face, hide, hoping to hide my puffy cheeks and low jolly jawline as much as possible. If I could wear it pulled forward over my face, covering it entirely, I would. But then I wouldn't be able to see or bump into people. No one wants a fat woman with her hair all over her face bumping into them. So I don't pull it forward. You see how complicated this is, all this is. This is all, this all is. It's hard being fat. Don't get fat. It's a pain. It's quite torturous persuading myself to go back to fight club, fat club for the second week. I had left there the week before, feeling so inspired, but my, after my trip disaster, I woke up feeling terrible. This is the trouble for reaching for help. If you have any effort and it doesn't work, you feel worse than ever. I felt crushed like I tried and failed, but nothing could help me. It wasn't as if the whole week had been awful or anything. Far from it. After the dreadful night, the rest of the week was fine. I certainly didn't feel any difference as a result of the course. Getting into my job in Foster's DIY and Garden Centre, I was aware of... I was as aware as ever of people around me eating food. Food in shops, food on posters, food made me feel nice. Why couldn't I have food? Then I'll go through the process of reminding myself why. Because my face was slowly drowning in a pool of fat. All my clothes had gone up six sizes and even my shoes. Shoes. What has that? What was all that about? Feet don't get fat, except mine, mine did. I didn't know whether they were fatter or whether the pressure exerted on them made by the weight of my heavy torso flattened them out. Either way, not good, not to be recommended. I reminded myself that I hadn't, couldn't bend ever since I got fat. Not really, that's a horrible thing. The feeling you get when you reach down to tie your shoes is horrific. Your stomach is in the way and pushes back on your internal organs. You can't breathe, you feel light-headed, as if you're about to faint or be sick. As if, to be honest, you're going to be die. I come up from basic shoe tie to sock on, put with my face the colour of sun-dried tomato, whining and puffing like I just run a marathon dresses a bowl of air. The night before the second session, Ted told me to attack sent me a text saying how much he's looking forward to seeing me as a fat, uh, flat club. Well, this week has been an absolute bloody disaster for me, he said. If you want, if you want me to, if you want to say what, what fat, very fat man looks like when he eats a marshmallow a week and gets even fatter, I suggest you come on, come on Tuesday night. Looking forward to seeing you, X. I laughed out well when I read it. I replied to say, Say, so, oh, I was looking forward to seeing him, so I decided to send a text to Janice. Looking forward to seeing you Tuesday night, I wrote. I'll be ready, I'll be a really fat one who hasn't managed to start eating chips all week. Janice, why your chips are nothing compared to my chocolate cake. See you Tuesday. It all, it's all, it, they call it gallows humour, don't they? That grim and ironic humour you find is a desperate, hopeless situation. I suggest we call this marshmallows humour. Richardson, born out of desperation, trying to lose weight. Still, at least, by replying to everyone, I was now committed to going back to Fat Club. When I walked in, I saw Ted straight away. He gave me a cheery smile and wave. He came over to me. Thank you for your text, I said. It really made me laugh. You have to laugh about these things, don't you, he said. How to know what else to do? Have you been okay this week, I asked. Kind of terrible, he said. I just don't seem to be able to sort myself out. I rang Liz in the end because I start, kept binging. Liz said it's to- only natural after you bared off souls in class. You probably want comforting, and our choice of comfort thing would be food. 
Today she's going to talk about, about other ways to convert ourselves. <coughs> Makes sense. Couldn't stop eating either, I said. I felt like this felt felt this is such a hopeless battle. I can't I wasn't going to come back until I got your text. Ted blushed. Well, then it, I'm so glad I sent it, he said. All six of us were on the, there by the second section. Elizabeth looked at us proudly. We all four yards. We have just completed our 50-metre swimming badges. She was wearing a dress with more flowers on it. Then they were in the whole of Kew Gardens. Her shoes were red. Oh, you all come back, she said. That's a very good start, Mary. How have you got got on this week? I really wish she started. She hadn't started with me. I didn't want to kick the whole thing off with such a negativity. I'm being fine, I lied. Looked at Ted through the corner of my eye. I could see him smiling at me. Took us. That's true. How will you be fine? Said Elizabeth. Well, nothing terrible has happened. No major disasters, I said. I'm still alive in that. How did you get on with your eating? Oh, that. No, that's been terrible, I said. I heard it laugh to go in the room. Don't worry. Tell me why it's been terrible. I just feel like I've been a failure all the time, I said. Find myself eating without really knowing why I'm doing it. And without meaning to, I feel... Such an idiot that I've been unable to control myself. After the coming here last week, I thought things would be different. Then on the bus home, I started to get depressed about, that, about what an uphill task it was and how much weight I had to lose, and I lost my motivation in one second. And how did this manifest itself? I brought, myself, I brought everything in the chop shop and started eating it all before I, I even walked through the front door. And I felt guilty about it, disgusting myself. I don't know felt horrible week. Only way I could stop myself from feeling horrible was to eat. Isn't great really. Thank you for being so honest, said Elizabeth. What's happened here is very typical. And easy for us to discuss and you can tell if you like if you've and you, for you to think about sorting out. There are voices in our head telling us you it's all too complicated and you shouldn't couldn't do it. Am I right? Yes, I said. Though I hate it when people talk about voices in your head. If you're some psychomanic, psychotic man who is about to kill everyone, one key thing we are able to work on today is controlling the negative voices in our head. You can tell them to decide you that something bad will happen. That tell you can tell them you can't let them decide that something bad will happen to you. You have to con- be in control of them, and you control you can be in control of them. That's something we work on later. We'll look at why you are all eating when you need comforting food. Why food? Thank you, Mary. Please don't worry and think it's all hopeless and helpless. It's not a long way. You know, you only not by a long way. You only just started. Just trust that we'll get there, and we'll we're all here to help you, and we will. It's astonishing how emotional all this was becoming. I felt a tear run down my face as she spoke. I was I was lonely. It was lovely to have someone who cared. Really cared. Cared so much they were trying to help. I know that it was a job, but it seemed to care rather than criticise, and that was nice. It also helped that not many in the group had a particularly wonderful week. I know that sounds really selfish, but I've got to be honest. If you ride... If you had ride lost half a stone each, a voice in my head would have been telling me to murder them. I left the session feeling confident, understanding why I was reaching for food, and determined not to be undone by the voices. I just kept. I just needed to get myself home without going via the chip shop. Fancy going for a drink, said Ted. Oh, I'd like to, said Janice, overhearing Ted's question to me. Once Janice said he, she'd like to go, I was in. I wouldn't have a fancy that going for a drink on my own with Ted. I mean, he's very nice and everything, but he's too bit too jolly and happy all the time. We turned to the shipmate's arms just down the road from the centre, all us waiting in a line. I wonder whether he was looking at, uh, at us, thinking he must have come from the fat club. I wonder whether it was fun 
thing to do locally to look for the f- fat club people trooping into the pub. Ted went to the bar, got me a white wine spritzer. I sat down next to Janice and shared my ferry with her. I, it's depressing, isn't it? She said. I hate being fat. I wish I had a gambling problem or overspent in problem. Then at least it wouldn't be blatantly obvious to everyone in the world. Unless you gambled away all of your money and ended up leaving the cardboard box somewhere. Then it would be obvious, I said. But I knew what you meant. On a base, daily basis, I felt stupid for being so overweight. I'm just fed up of being so fat fuck. Being a fat fuck, said Janice. Fed up of the insults and the way it dominates my life. Fed up of being dre- feeling dreadful. Dread- feeling dreadful and people thinking me like I'm dreadful. I'm fed up of it all. Nothing is nice when you're fat as I am. Nothing at all. Here we go, said Ted, returning to the table and putting my drink in front of me before I had a chance to apply to Janice. Ted had a pint, I had a spectrum, Janice had gone for sparkling water. As soon as I saw Janice drink, I realised that I should have done the same. You've done well, having water. Good, good self-control, I said. Hoping to cheer up a little bit. A little I swirled my drink around and listened to the ice clinking inside of the glass. I need to do something, said Dennis. Maybe I should try and get a electric band. No, said Ted. Why would you maim yourself like that? Why would you want to have a major bloody surgery when you on the course and help you lose it naturally without some bloody surgeon sticking a knife in you? Ted's right, I said. Uh, I like Liz. I think she's going to be really good for us all. I don't expect it. I didn't expect to like her much, said Ted, especially given the weird outfit she wears. But she's very good at identifying what the problem is, and I've got to get in and get in to, into the nub of it, not letting all you wallow in it. I think that's good. I don't. I don't think I'll ever be able to do it," said Dennis. "I already don't. I started eating heavily when my mum died. I could. I can't sort out the eating without talking about my feelings about my mum's death, which is I find difficult. I can't see the ch- changing any time soon. At least you managed to bring some humour into it, Jane, Mary. I just seem to be in floods of tears the whole time. Yes, but that's." But then she tells me that I'm just using humour to hide my anxiety and feelings. I think all do that a bit, said Ted. I notice you don't. You didn't want to dwell on what you thought that caused you eating problems. No. If you want to talk about it at any stage, you, you, you only have to call. Okay, I said, but I knew there was no way to talk about it. I'm great, it. I think it's great that we're all here from one another. Amen to that, said Ted, raising his pint and clicking my wine glass. I loved your story about the guy in the flat seeing you shoveling chips in your mouth while you were covered in grease, said Janice, with a smile. You made me laugh. Well, did some spare timing when they came along. What did you say his name was? David, said Ted. Janice I looked at him, impressed that he was able to remember Dave's name. Yes, Dave, I said. What's, what a memory you have, Ted. Ted just nodded. So what's the story of this, Dave, then? Nothing, I said. I had a few dances with him, but always end up feeling horrible afterwards. He makes me leave before it's light, so that no one sees me coming out of his flat. You know, things like that. All very horrible. I always think that if I was slim, it'd be different. He wouldn't be ashamed. He sounds like an absolute dick, says Ted. Sorry, that's blunt, but Christ, no one in the world should be ashamed of being with you. You're well, you're lovely, Mary. We're just, he's just using you. Tell him to piss off, you deserve more than that. If he upsets you again, I'll go and sit on the, him. That'll teach him. Thank you, I said, trying to think through the scenario of Ted turning up and sitting on D- Dave. But I know he's really, I know what he really likes me. I just need to lose weight and everything will be okay. I'm with Ted, said Dennis, returning from the bar. With our secretary in the evening, this 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 is the problem of being having it around. You can't go out for one drink. You have to 
to have a number of drinks as there are people around the table. You are both really kind, but I don't. But I know I really, he really likes me. I just need to lose weight, I said, and I was aware I was re- repeating myself, and they were both full of nuts. Nobody needs to lose weight for someone to love you, said Ted. Lose, lose weight for yourself, for your children, or your future. Not because some dick with some overinflated view of himself is embarrassed to be seen with you. Tell him to jog on honestly. Okay, okay, I said, let's leave it with a relationship with ice. Dennis, are you going. Are you, are, are you going to go and get extra help with looking, looking back and understand how you felt with your mother? Mum died, like Sid suggested, or was it a little too much? Dennis looked, looked down at the table, clearly upset. I don't know. The truth is, I don't want to talk about it or talk, think about it, or talk about it. And the idea of digging for it and trying to understand it fills me absolutely horror. What do you think? I don't know. I said it's a difficult call. I think shrinks can be pushy and force you to overanalyze and kind of make things worse i don't know or perhaps that's just if you're a child i'm I'm sure you're fine really might be worth trying i saw janice glance at ted did you see a psychiatrist when you were younger mary she 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 asked we were talking about you not me i replied as lightly as i could it was ter- it was my turn to go to the bar, so I used the opportunity to escape the, the, from the unwelcome conversation. Despite the awkwardness of the last interaction, I was quite enjoying the evening. I didn't, I couldn't see the boxes of Chris sitting behind the bar staff, but didn't feel, they didn't, but didn't even feel moved to buy some. Progress, surely. Chapter three, a third session at Fat Club. Well, there's good news and bad news to report this week. I lost six pounds. I know, huge of treatment. I've been really focused on thinking about the importance of eating healthily and exercising whenever I, I carry. It's been amazing. The bad news. I slept with Dave. I know I shouldn't have. I know I should try and persuade him to take some sort of commitment to me before throwing myself when we do that. But it didn't work like it doesn't work like that, does it? I thought if I spent a lot of time and showed him what he was, what almost fun he was having around me and how amazing I was in bed, he'd like me gratis on me. I did. I kind of thought he did. He, he said he did. Then at five a.m. in the morning, his alarm went off. He suggested I might like to leave because he was going to get to work early. He stood over me as I scrambled into my clothes, trying, trying to rearrange. Trying to arrange my hair and look as dignified as a woman possibly can while climbing into yesterday's knickers. So I left. As he left, he he didn't even give me a kiss on the cheek. He said, I guess you know how to get home. And I scrambled out of the door, fussing and falling over a complicated looking system, but spilling out into the pavement with my, my shoes on the wrong feet. I ambled up the steps to my front door, opened it, and burst out crying. I, cried quite a lot that day it was it was my day off work so i had a lot of time on my hands in which to try which wasn't helpful what is isn't helpful was me the fact that i saw david leave for work at 8 a.m he filmed me out of five didn't wait and didn't leave till eight it doesn't make take a genius to work out what's happening there but the good news is I didn't fall into didn't fall into fried ba- breakfast or eat my body weight in quick sandwiches. I didn't feel the need to fall into my food when my when my main emotions felt fell about it fell about it me. For the first time I might not sound like much of an achievement, but honestly, I was one it was one of my greatest achievements of my life. I had quite a lot of communication from Ted and Janice through the week. He phoned each other other regularly and which was nice. To be fair, knowing that I had got the those two on the end of the phone helped me a lot with the fight to not eat rubbish all the time. I phoned Ted one night when I walked past the chip shop. I wanted to go in. You need to tell me not to turn around to need to tell me not to turn around and go back there, I said. Don't turn around and go back there, he said, in a very 
stern voice. Give me your, give me your jest, I'll come round with an apple instead. You both laughed at the ridiculousness of all it all. Why did I have to ring someone and ask them to tell me not to go to the chip shop? The only thing that was that I didn't feel as if it was a bachelor part of me was being judged by Dennis and Ted. It was good, uh, I have great friends at work, and my oldest friend, Sue and Charlie, are brilliant, but they, they're super slim and don't understand what I'm going through. And they don't get it at all. With Ted and Dennis, it's like they're exactly the same as me. I think that's why the whole group therapy thing works. You stop feeling like a freak is going out of control and you just keep eating. You start to feel like a member of the community that understands you and you have a simple problem that you can easily be can easily be sorted. The only issue which I continue to disagree with at Ted and Genesis was Dave. Every time his name comes up in conservation, Dennis would sigh and Ted would bristle. Why would anyone treat another human being like that? I then he added, actually, scrub that. Why would any human being allow herself to be treated like that? That's what, what, that's what you need to ask yourself, young lady. I, f- I knew he was right, but I didn't stop me hanging out of the window, watching Dave go to work and trying to appear as alluring as possible on the steps of my flat as he returned and hoped that he might invite me in again. I arrived on the first session before Janice and Ted. It turned out Phil was sitting there on his own, because his wife and ever present companion had gone to the loo. Hello, I said warmly as I, as I could, but he just nodded and, want, and looked as if he wanted nothing on earth, nothing on earth as much as he wanted me to leave him alone. When Philip came at it back in, I retired graciously. Hello, trouble. Where's Janice today? said Ted, joining the room and sitting next to me. No sign of you yet, said I said. Janice said she was vi- definitely coming, chipped in Liz, who was looking vibrant, a dress of coloured bananas. I talked to her during the week. She was in good spirits. Oh, good. Janice has seemed, has seemed very depressed last week when she was sitting in the pub. I'm glad she's coming. I felt very protected towards her. How are you doing? Good week? I asked Ted. Pretty good, said Ted. Probably notice I'm eight pounds later. Like Looking very fly, he was relishing the slight weight loss, as it, we all relished every development become ever small on the road for fitness. I think I might leave the club now. My body's perfect, yeah, dear. Indeed, I said, you, you don't want to be lose any more. You might become a little bit sick. You have to go to an entirely different sport group. Yes, that's a good, good point, he said, Then he kissed me on the cheek. It was lovely friendly yesterday, but he, he went scarlet as soon as he'd done it. Gosh, I'm so sorry, he said. I didn't mean to defeat doing that. Janice never, tu- never turned up for the meeting, which left me quite slightly anxious. I kept glancing at my phone to see if she had sent the text, but there was nothing from her. At the time, As the time wore on, the silence from her started to really worry me. In the end, I wrote a note to say, Oh, were you, where were you? I, don't, I couldn't do the fat girl stuff. On my own, you know, no reply. The news from the group was group very was good. People were starting to feel more empowered. Sorry, that's a horrible word. I mean, we'll make a decision not to resort to eating all the time. The meeting finished on a really positive note with lots of clapping and smiles and huge grins of delight. Elizabeth, in, ta- in fact, the only thing missing from the whole evening was Janice. I couldn't get over how odd it was she wasn't, hasn't shown up, I told Liz, as Ted stood up by my side and running to Tessie who agreed with me. I texted Janice and told her to meet us for a drink in our regular spot, he said. I wasn't thinking of going for a drink tonight, actually. I said, I quite... I'm not quite. I've got quite a lot I need to do. So I read Ted's face fall. It's a complete lie. I had nothing to do. I need, I had nothing I needed to do. The reason I wanted to go home was to see if I could dump it to Dave. I was aware he'd come back from work around this time on Tuesday. I wasn't stalking, just observant. 
I hadn't seen him since our drunken fumble on my early exit from his flat, being a, having lost a lot of weight and feeling ever so slightly more confident. I thought it would be good to bump into him. Just one, just the one then, said Ted, taking my arm and leading me towards the shipmate's arms. I was too weak to fuse, so we sat in the corner pub. Is that going to be where we sat last time? We had a funny evening in the end. We had a really funny evening in the end, and I was glad I'd gone. We left a couple more messages for Janice, and Ted managed to calm me down a bit. It reminded me that she, she was much older and probably had other commitments. It wasn't easy to get, nip, get her, her to nip out to the fat club. You saw that she was okay, and you seemed convinced that we would have heard from her if there was any problem. nice thing about being Ted is that he's so familiar. Similar, like we're brother and sister sometimes, exactly something stupid sense of humour. There's something warm and reassuring about him. He's, he's lovely and greatly entertaining. When we left, Ted opened the door for me in a very gentlemanly fashion. He mentioned to thread, thread the thin line between always treating me like an equal, which love, what I managed to do all the, all the charming gentlemanly stuff that makes me feel special. The behaviour was reminded of how long it had been since men treated me properly. Men don't open doors for fat girls. Sorry, uh, it meant to sound like horrible things they But when I was sweet and pretty and slim, men opened doors. Now they take one look at me, pull in my way for the, on, down the street and think, well, that one's clearly an open door herself. Blimey, she can take the whole thing off its hinges. I'm joking, sort of, but it's true. Men are more gently, gently and more delicate and feminine the more feminine you are. Sixteen stone of fat is not considered remotely feminine for most men. The day you can't squeeze into your size sixteen jeans is the day you learn to open doors for yourself. Chapter 4 The Visit I was lounging in the bath when the call came through. It was set in the morning in traditional fashion. I watched all the morning cookery programs while salivating and fantasizing about pies and cakes. Now examining the rolls of fat landed around my waist, wishing I could lift them off to reveal a slimmer me underneath. Ted's number popped up, I answered as clearly, clearly as I could. I was saying, saying not, I quite tried not to smash out a reveal. I was, in a, I was in a bath, something a little inappropriate about a man knowing you're wearing nothing but water bubbles when you tell... Wearing nothing but water and bubbles when he talks to you. Hello, fellow fatty, how are you doing? Hi. Not good, he said. I sat up sharply. What's wrong? You look dreadful. You're very unlike Ted to sound so downcast. You're probably just miserable. They, he probably just gets as many miserable days as the rest of us. But he's always seemed see, to, to hide any anguish, and all, always to be updated and cheery. It's Janice. Oh no, what's happened? Uh, I'm outside your apartment. I'd rather talk to you about it. Sure. How did it, How did you find out where I lived? Liz told me. Look, it's sorry to disturb you. It wouldn't, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't important. No, that's fine. Give me a minute. Rather tell him there's a bath. I only need to be ten, in ten minutes. I jumped out the water at bath at top speed and frankly dried myself while climbing into the pain pyjamas lying on the floor. They could pass with casual trousers, it was fine. I'd been outside and worse. I teamed him with an over-large, long-sleeved t-shirt with a horrible unflattering picture of Mickey Mouse on the front. Didn't make an elegant look, if you know, if you know, if you know, that what well, information I was about to receive from a T-shirt from Ted, I might have thought that the, the decision to wear an empty T-shirt. Ted, Ted couldn't be surprised when I answered the door. He used to see that he he was used to seeing that strongly large woman once a week when she was wrapped in a voluminous black coat. I expect he'd see me barless and wet, wearing a T-shirt with a Disney character on was altogether too much. Oh, I have disturbed you, he asked. Bending to look past me into the hallway as if as if he, if I might have a man gathered there. 
just waiting for my attention. Not at all. Just out of my bath. No problem. Come in. And he walked for the sitting room and I shouted, Hope you don't mind the mess. Most people say things like that. I mean, hope you don't mind dogs. I'm forced to warn people about the usual chaotic state of my life, which I live. As I walked through, I grabbed the clothes, scattered around the place, and shoved them into the corners, wiping the table down with the sleeve of my T-shirt to make it look better. You can see Ted looking at me with a gentle smile on his lips. Either this is because he recognised my favour in himself, or he's seen something so ludicrous he's in his life. I was hearing towards the latter. I made a coffee with Ted in silence. There's no chirpy aside about the horrendous state of the apartment, nor any mention of the biscuit barrel on the table. He just sat silently while I returned with the drinks. I put eight sugars in yours. I hope that's okay, I said, cheering. But Ted wasn't listening. It's bad news, he said. No, I don't really want eight sugars in it. Just joking, I said. No, not sugars, that case. The news I'm about to tell you. I sat next to Ted on the sofa. Together we completely filled a settee, which boldly claimed to be a seat for sort four. I called Janice on a mobile, said T- Ted. A guy answered. Oh, oh, lucky Janice. I said, the guy was the nurse. Janice is in the hospital. Oh, no. Is she okay? Yes, she's fine now. She took an overdose. Ted stopped for a while to allow me to this to sing in. Mary, she tried to kill herself. Shit. Apparently she had enough of it all. A cat calls her the old fatty every time she left the house. In fact, the fight to be dignified was screaming into bit, bit bus seats. The fact that no one wanted me to sit next to her on the train. I could feel the tears stinging in the back of my eyes. We've all been there. I knew how upset it made Janice. Those of us struggling to control weight have been given the sort of abuse would see the perpetrator locked up if they said that some some black disabled or men, some if they said it to some black disabled or mentally impaired. I don't believe he's feeling that believe she's feeling that low, I said, as Ted stared at the brown and cream carpet on the floor under the coffee table coffee table. She remembered what sat up last week, but Christ, not that miserable. Well, we all seem okay on the outside, said Ted, don't we? I mean, that's what we do. We all seem not to be that miserable. Going to the hospital to visit someone who tried to kill himself because he f- can't stand fairly fat anymore is not a pleasant thing for anyone to do. I suggest it's infinitely harder to do and more emotionally crucifying when you yourself are morbidly obese. We asked... Which wall she was on, I was sure the nurse locked down my stomach and, f- and the way my shout round in it. Janice was sitting in a bed, we found, we found her, and she looked embarrassed we we walked up to her. Gosh, you didn't have to come, she said, looking at me and then at Ted. You you must be have a million things to do. You really didn't have to come out and see me. I wanted to reach out and hug her get hold of close and tell her never to hurt herself again. But I didn't. I was too British for all that. I just reassured her, told her she would, there was no way of there was no way where I'd rather be. I sat on a small wooden chair near the bed, holding a bunch of flowers that we picked on the way. How are you feeling? Her eyes filled with tears. I feel much better, thank you for coming. Janice, I am so sorry. I didn't know what to say. You should have rung us. Or talk to us. Perhaps we could have helped you. No one could have helped. I was, low, I was too low to reach out to anyone, she replied. But I wish you said something, anything. We, w- we could have helped. Tried to, we could have tried to help. Mary, you're lovely. I really treasure your friendship. There are some things that no one can help with. Just as long as you know we're here. We care about you, said Ted. He leaned over and kissed Janice on the head in such a tender way. I felt my heart shift a little inside of me. What good people these were, really good people. Since Ted had driven me to the hospital, he drove me back home. A mood having lifted considerably since confirmation that Janice was okay, she was out of danger and was going to be fine.
We even talked about she even talked about coming to the next fat club session. We both then been shaken considerably by a realisation she got so low and how desperate she felt. We vowed to make sure we talked to each other, even if you ever felt bad. Promise me if you you'll call, said Ted. You know, if you ever feel really low, I promise I will. Do you want to come in for coffee? We had right at my flat. Ted nodded appreciatively. Oh, we, we couldn't have been out for something to eat, he said. Let me buy you a late lunch or early dinner. I haven't eaten. Most unlike me. Neither have I, I lied, having not... I didn't remember... Hoping he didn't remember the cookie jar and the coffee and the plates discarded on the side of the kitchen. Then after lunch, if you fancy, we could go to a party later in the pub, not far from here, me. Just have a leaving do for a friend who's moving away. It'd be fun. Come with me. I'll drive and make sure you get home safely afterwards. Anyway, see how you feel after lunch. Sure, I said. Wasn't all sure about a drink party, but I definitely fancied lunch. Let me go and get changed quickly. I won't be long. You look so fine like that, he said, as I struggled to open the door. I didn't even, I hadn't even fastened the seatbelt. Fat ladies and seatbelts are a very unhappy combination. No, I have to get changed, I said. I'm not in the most fashionable. Go around. But even I don't think it's improper to go out at lunch for a man dressed in pyjama bottoms and hid his t-shirt. I'm wearing no underwear at all. Even fat girls are standing, you know. It won't be long, I said to him. No problem, said Ted. I clambered out of the car, half-stepping out, half-rolling my body out the door. Ted had followed me, and two of us waddled across the road. As I approached the little gate, I saw Dave coming out of his flat. He looked like he was off to the gym. His stubble and coat looked absolutely gorgeous. Dave glanced at me and Ted and looked back. Hello. What have we got here, then? He said. This is Ted, I murmured. But Dave's handsome face looked at mine. Dave's just a friend, you know, just someone I met. Not a boyfriend or anything, I just someone I know. Oh, I see, said Dave with a smile. Well then, Ted, you wouldn't mind if I asked Mary whether she fancies coming round for pizza later? Perhaps to watch a film or something? Sure, I'd love to, I said, without stopping for even half a second to consider my words. Actually, we got plans, said Ted. He was right, of course, we did have plans, but in that moment, rather shamefully, I just wanted him to go away. <coughs> well, we'd do that another time, I said. Your voice ringing with irritation. I, I, I couldn't look Ted in, in the eyes. Shoulders slapped over, his face was full of confusion. You might as well head off now. I'll see you at Tuesday Club. OK, what club's that? asked Dave. Fat Club, I responded. Ha ha, perfect, said Dave. As a circle, the two tubbies and Fat Club. Ted looked, looked at me, Dave. Looked for me, looked for me to Dave and back again. Then he walked back to the gate, crossed the road and got into his car. My self felt crushed. What the hell have I done? Dave watched Ted waddled away from us, smiling victoriously. That's funny, fat club, he said. See you around 4pm, OK? Looking forward to it, I said subtly as I let myself into my flat. I knew I had treated Ted a bit... a bit... a But I had to... as much as that... I had such a thing about Dave, I desperately wanted to spend my evening with him. I lost ten pound, ten pound, Dave, just to see my new body. I also, I also convinced myself I needed cheering up after the day I just endured. A lazy evening of Dave's sofa, and the purpose of a bit of physical action later was everything I needed. I did a terrible thing about Ted, though, really bad. Chapter five: My hot date with Dave. By the end of the time 4pm arrived, I was dressed in the best laundry you can get. It's size 4GGG. I'm feeling good. It was a peculiar time to meet for pizza. It wasn't lunch, it wasn't dinner. Still, it was an invitation for Dave. So I wasn't going to question or analyse it too, too closely. 
wandered down to his flat in my best black trousers, which now very loose around my waist. Yes, I could put smaller ones, but I decided to go for a bigger pair, which were both smarter and gave me a lovely warm feeling of being loose, and that's reminded me of the weight I lost. I looked at Dave's floor, but there's no fly. The lights were off inside. The flat gave the impression of being entirely empty. I waited for t- about 20 minutes. Who wait could wait for 20 minutes? Christ, man, get a gri- woman, get grip. And then went back upstairs, got a pen and paper, made a note, and pushed underneath his, his door. I felt I must retreat. I must. It was just retreating. Dave rode back from the gym, looked, looked at me blankly. You told me to come down for pizza and video. I said, oh, okay then, yes. Sure, you can come in, he said. Though he didn't sound very excited about the prospect. If that was in a state of chaos, much like mine, always is. But for some reason, perhaps because I'm female, I abolished him lightly and offered to help clear it up. Sure, he said with a smile, moving his T-shirt to display his quite spectacular gorgeous torso. I'm going to have a quick shower. Tidy if you want. I meant we should tidy up together in a sort of kind of flirty foreplay sort of fashion. I wasn't offering to become his cleaner. Still, I wanted to get in his good box. So while you showered, I started rounding up all the old packaging cans and other assorted rubbish that could be thrown around, thrown around the place. I shoved him into a bin bed. Dave was in his bedroom one and put somebody getting dressed. Hoover is in the cupboard under the stairs, he said. I knew this was ridiculous to get the Hoover out and clean his flat. But this is was also madly it, I was also madly happy to be there. I thought he thought he might be grateful if he he would be lonely between us. I pulled out the Hoover and ran it through the flat, punishing the surfaces as when looking making it Look lovely. Davy walked out with his jeans on. No shirt. Yes. You're an angel, said, kissing me on the top of my nose. One thing. Are you aren't any good at ironing, are you? Oh, I guess why. I have no shirts to wear. I put on my ironing board and plug it. I put on the ironing board and plug it in the iron. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking this woman is a bloody moron. Well, yes, perhaps I am. David stood there, shirtless, a happy moment in the whole... I didn't define this mess. I ironed the shirt you handed me, taking care to make sure he's perfect. Making sure it perfect. Because somehow, somewhere, in deep restless of my soul, I thought he might glance at myself and s- himself and see how good he looked. It felt great and associated with that feeling. It was a long shot, but my relation with Dishy Dave was built on long shots. I handed him a still warm shirt and put away the ironing compliments. The flat looks great, he said. Emma's coming around later. She'd be very impressed, Emma. I felt a dagger in my heart. Not not that I felt he did, well, didn't have girlfriends. I knew Del Mo he had girlfriends, but he dozens of them. But I thought tonight would be about me. I also thought seeing him, how sim oh, I looking better, this would probably dump all those other idiots, and two of us would be together forever. Do you mind if we... Do you mind if we don't get pizza? He said. I was straight. I was straight from the gym. I might just have a power straight or something. Well, that's fine by me. I said. It was fine. I didn't want to eat pizza. I said yes to pizza because I wanted to spend the evening together. I lost some weight. I said. I didn't mean. I didn't say it. It came out. The words rang with desperation. Well done, he said. Where, where did you lose it from? I mean. I just lost weight generally. I've been going to this club and I'm determined to lose weight, lots of weight. I said, Oh, cool, flat club, said Dave, collapsing with laughter. Oh my god, it's hysterical, he said, wide eyed with excitement. You and that fat bloke from early, just the funniest thing ever. Do you round up the fatties and put them in one room and talk about food? I've never seen him so animated or laugh so much. So I joked along with him for a while, trying to smile and giggle at something, something that actually was something that's quite serious. Then I thought about Janice and stopped abruptly. <coughs> no pops of Ted came to mind. Lovely, sweet, kind and funny Ted. God, you God, that must be hysterical, said Dave. Filling in the mo- f- f- falling into the most recently pumped up cushions on his sofa, laughing out loud. 
Just a whole lot of really fat people talking about why they can't stop eating. Honestly, that must be funny. Can't, can you take it from me? Look, if you've got plans, I'll head off, I said. Why, said Dave. She's not coming in for an hour. We can do do that thing I like when you go, you get when you get your enormous tits out. I'll come on you. I've got stuff on, I said, towards the door and opened it while you stayed on the sofa. Well, thanks for tidying up, I said. So I left, pulling the door behind him. What on health was wrong with me? Why did I have given up a lovely night with a genuinely indecent nice man to go there and be humiliated by the mor- that moron? I let myself into my flat, called Ted's number. He rang out. He went to answer him. If he wanted, didn't want to talk to me, who would blame him? Next I went to Facebook. I didn't know why not. I started looking for him on there. I found Ted's profile fully easy and smiled at as I read his updates. He's really funny, self-deprecating, witty, popular. There's pictures of him as a sportsman. He looked bloody gorgeous. Much better than they say Dave had looked. Then pictures of him having his facial hair shaved into his current state. He's done it for charity. Three of them had let children... Three of them to let, had let children at cancer design their facial hair arrangements in order to raise money for charity. Oh, God. Been mocking that dark face but it's all for charity. He's a, such a nice guy. Then it suddenly dawned on me how female friends he had, he had on there, all comments about his jokes about women, all telling him how wonderful he was and how bloody how what fun he was. All hope to hump bump into him soon. Bloody old shit. He was really nice, kind of popular, and obviously had female attention coming out of his ears. There was a reference of a party drinks party that pub tonight. I wondered whether he was the one who asked me to go go with him. Bugger. He looked great. His friends had posted funny messages which how much they were looking forward to it. Dark pictures of group together. The party looked like it brilliant. Ted was sensible pictures, being silly and having a laugh. Just being lovely. Bollocks, what an idiot I was. I went to the kitchen, looked around, I looked took took two cream crackers and nibbled on them. Absently falling into the sofa and flicking through Google on my phone as I did. There were lots of pictures of Ted as a sparring rugby player. Lots of articles about him and pictures of him. Why hadn't I looked at him before? Presumably because I wasn't interested in him before. Now now I was, though. Quite suddenly I realised I really liked him. I was overwhelmed by fascination. I had Google fever. Nothing could stop me. Saturday night TV was rubbish. I sat in front of a couple of game shows without really watching them. I was too intent on checking out pictures of Ted on my phone. Then the National Lottery came on. I spent a lot of time measuring what I'd do in a million. Perhaps I'd buy the whole house, throw a DVD out, throw DDs out on his flat below. Fancy about quite a lot of things about having him at the pavement begging me to throw him crumbs. Never so often I phoned Ted, but my calls went unanswered. I caught myself, I caught everything up. It occurred to me, why don't I go to the party? Directions to get there were fairly simple. I just had to take two buses and I'll be partying with Ted and his friends. Sod it. I was wearing my wonderful, if large, lacy laundry and my bags, trousers loose. What did I have to lose. I picked up my handbag, grabbed my lipstick and covered my lips in scarlet gunk. As I stepped up my door, I was greeted by someone looked like they stopped off stepped off the page of a magazine, teetering into flat Davis flat. Hi, are you Emma? I asked. Are you heading to Dave's place? Yes, she said, with one of those high pitched barrel low style voices I mean seemed to find so appealing. I'll give you a, give it a few minutes, I said. His husband, so he just left him. He asked me to tell you. Barbie Dove looked at me with those eyes as wide as they blew. He want, he still wants to see you, but you should be aware that he's married to a man. I head off a cheeky wave, leaving a woman standing on the steps, wondering what they have to do. Ha, huh, I felt strong, I felt powerful, I felt magnificent. Now all I had to do was get myself to Wimbledon. I was quite excited, in fact, I'll get... In fact, I was very excited. It's a lovely thing. What there was, there was a man who generally liked me. He was never asked me to iron a shirt or clean his flat. He didn't seem to want anything from me than other than my company. I also thought about the fun times we had, setting up Fat Club.
laughing their heads off. I started to feel more and more excited. He was a really nice man. Why hadn't I seen that before? Why was I been messing around with Dotty Dave when I should have been with Super Ted? I changed buses and began getting excited. I'm in here 15 minutes. They're 50, I'll be there in 15 minutes. I checked my makeup in my handbag, cleaning my eyebrows and playing with my hair while adding yet more lipstick. Obvious to the stairs of interest of those gathered on the seats around me. Nothing mattered but looking as good as I possibly could for Ted. I stepped on the bus. That, there was a pub right in front of me. Ted was in there. I could I'd be joining him. I had butterflies. As a last, that, when was the last time I had butterflies? I can't remember the last time I felt so excited. My hands are sticky, so I wiped them against my coat. Walking towards the door, forcing himself to go inside. I was so nervous. I walked in and couldn't see Ted or anyone I recognised from the pictures on Facebook. I walked to the bar, ordered a last glass of white wine, and just sat and drank it calmly. Looking around until I saw one, saw one familiar. And I strode over and see whether I could see Ted. I couldn't work out whether to pretend I was there having a drink or bumping him or confess I'd seen him on Facebook and wanted to come and see him. I guess I thought he might judge his reaction by present, my presence before revealing why I was there. It was odd. There was no large gathering of people in the pub. It was packed. All the tables were taken. Up, but no sign of group that looked anything like a big group. I started to call him again, and once again it went straight to the phone. This is getting a bit of a nightmare. I had no idea what to do. Excuse me, I said to the barman. Are there any private parties here today? Yes, he said, pointing up to the far door. Just cruise there, up the stairs, push the door up to the right. Left, and that's a function room. There's a party going on there, in there. Ah, oh, makes sense. Funny, I could get to see Ted. Thank you so much, I said, feeling feeling those butterflies all over again. I stood up, stand my rest of my drink and headed off. I went up the stairs and to the door on the left and there was a party full swing. Brilliant. That was it. All the people started seeing my age. Still, it's quite odd walking to the party full swing when you on your own, especially when you haven't been invited. I tried to look as confident as possible. I sat at a bar ordering a drink. I went to my per- I went to my purse to find the money my mum stopped me it's a fake bar he said that made me feel more unembarrassed just want to steal drinks of other people didn't want to steal drink of these people I just wanted to see Ted luckily everyone had such a good time at the free bar and he didn't seem to notice there was an intruder near me I sat and drank my drink playing my phone pretending to text someone laughing to herself looking as if I was looking Having a jolly good time at a strange party with these people I didn't know. I was fairly sure that Ted wasn't in the room. Perhaps he was. I didn't see him. Perhaps he was in the loo. I had another drink. Well, with this embarrassment growing even further this time, I was ordering a drink when I knew when I knew it was free. But it was all too ridiculous not to sit the bomb and all that I wanted to pay because I didn't know the people. The person whose party it was. Indeed, any of the guests at the party would make, would be more ridiculous still. I took a look, walk around the circumference of the room as groups of drunken friends jostled and took pictures of articles during the night. One guy tried to grab me into a group shop. I managed to wriggle away. Everyone was drunk and having a great time. Pictures are taken. The jokes were being told. It was a lovely party, but no, Ted wasn't at it. I called his mother again, no answer. I walked around the room three times, stared everyone until they felt uncomfortable. Avoid, avoided about 20 photographs. It's time to go home.